Welcome back to the Encounter Radio Show with Bill Reeser on 99.1 FM, life-changing radio, WJMM. So grateful for your support. Thank you for tuning in uh, each and every morning at 11.15. Thank you for listening to my brothers, Greg Horn, Greg Williams uh, before me. They do a tremendous job. Thank you for supporting their ministries as well. Well, if you tuned in yesterday, I had my friend Whit Criswell on. He's on all week this week, and uh, we're going to pick up where we left off. He started talking about... Uh, his life story, uh, how he got married, how he grew up and gave his life to Jesus, uh, loved a game of golf, loved a game of basketball. Sounds like we got a lot in common. And uh, we also had a love of money and a gambling uh, sort of addiction and an issue and lore, whatever you want to call it, a stronghold. Uh, but I struggled with that growing up. I struggled with that as well. And Witt talked about working at a bank and uh, this lure of money uh, took him away from something that he loved, working uh, as a coach, working in a school, uh, coaching and being around kids and uh, pouring into people's lives. He knew that he can do that as well, even though it was a slow start in the banking industry. And, um, and so, but he, he, we picked up we, we ended up yesterday talking about uh, wit working in the bank and this problem with money. I want to welcome Wit back to the show. Wit, welcome back to the Encounter Radio yeah, Show. Yeah, Bill, thank you. Thank yeah, you. so Wit, why don't you just pick up where you left off yesterday and uh, talk about working at the bank. Well, I had mentioned about uh, gambling being um, something you're not going to win in if you continue in it long enough, and that it happened. I had gotten out of a hole, a financial hole of $2,000, paid it back, didn't, told God, I'm not going to do it again, not going to do it again, and sure enough, did. And as often happens, when you quit something and start it back, um, it, it gets worse. And that's what this, it got worse. And it got to the point where I couldn't pay the debt back, and so I... Um, started taking out loans in other people's names and um, to pay the loans back. And that hidden secret sin um, was, is devastating. It, uh, lying to people, my wife, uh, we just had two kids at that time, uh, Chad and Whitney, um, going to church every Sunday uh, taking communion every Sunday, uh, and knowing you're going to go right back out there and do it again because stinking thinking happens, and I thought, I'll win this back. I've done it before. I'm going to win it back. And it just got worse and worse and worse day after day, month after month. And finally, uh, I was paranoid didn't want to go on vacation, didn't want to leave the bank until it closed, keeping a watch over everything of these loans uh, that I had uh, embezzled. So the day finally came that I thought it was over. I would watch my assistant go into the president's office, and I thought, uh-oh, something's up. And this happened several times. And I thought uh, it just, uh, it was terrible, terrible. What I, I was just, it, uh, I, well, I couldn't take it any longer. And so we put our, ba our children to bed 
And then uh, Sondra went to bed, and I left a note. And basically the note said, uh, Dear Sondra, my dear, dear wife, thank you for loving me and trusting me all these years, but you and the kids will be better off without me. I have lied to you, to, to my to friends, to my God, and that um, uh, you, you all just be better without me. And I listed everything I had done wrong at the bank by each loan. And, um, and then I said, uh, tell the kids that I love them. And I hope when they grow up, they'll take care of you. And I'm gone now. I love you, I love you, I love you. Basically, that's what the note said. And I went out with a gun around midnight. And I drove around all over Montgomery County. I stopped in front of the school. I stopped in front of the funeral home. Stopped out on a farm. In fact, on the farm, one farm I stopped out, I got out of the car with a gun and shot it real quickly up in the air and pulled it right back to my forehead to say, do it, you no good so-and-so. And all that night, the battle was going on inside that car. Do it. Pull the trigger. It's over. It's You're finished. Quit it. It's over. And I would so many times put it to my forehead, so many times hold it in my mouth, and I didn't pull the trigger. And what happened that night, a small, but beyond the shouts of you no good so-and-so, there was a small inward voice that kept saying, trust me, trust me. And I, I didn't do it. I didn't pull the trigger. And I believe to this day that because of a decision I made at age 12 to give my life to Jesus, that, that the Holy Spirit was the one speaking to me to say, trust me, trust me. And um, so I returned home from not committing suicide. My wife had found that note, in shock, fell to the floor, did manage to crawl to the phone to call the police and my business partners, and they went out looking for me. And I returned. They did not find me. I returned home. And, Bill, you talk about the story in the Bible of the prodigal son. I got a glimpse of the father and, the, and my wife, she stood at the front door with her arms open, and my five-year-old son and my three-year-old daughter were on her, holding her legs, and they let go, and they ran out to the car and said, Daddy, 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 we love you, we love you. Please don't leave us. Please don't leave us. And Sandra got me up out of the car. We went to the couch, um, and she just hugged me and said, we're going to make it. We're going to get through this. We're going to make it. Well, her sister and brother-in-law went to um, Southland Christian Church, Nolan and Beverly Barger, and they had called Wayne Smith to tell him about us. Well, we didn't know Wayne, and he, you know how busy he must have been, so he evidently changed his schedule, and he drove to Mount Sterling, Kentucky, to be with my wife and kids, thinking I had killed myself. And when he got there, and I was there, um, we went to another room. I don't remember what he prayed, but I remember thinking, I'm not going to lie anymore. I'm going to tell the truth. I'm going to face the consequences. 
and um, hopefully my wife and will stay with me. And he left. Well, he stood at the front door before he left. He said, now, if you all need anything, call me. On July the 25th, the day after my birthday, which was, Happy which birthday. I was 76 yesterday. Anyway, <laughs> the July 25th, I entered. Uh, I was handcuffed, leg chained, and led off to prison. Um, and when those prison doors shut, I, I thought, kept, what in the world is going to happen? Wh- wh- look at what you've done. How could you have done that? And those doors shut, and it uh, it's a different world uh, in prison. Um, my wife and kids came one time to visit, and it was so hard, so hard on them that Sonner and I decided, in fact, I said, Sonner, would you take care of yourself and the kids and let me take care of myself? And we'll get through this, like you said. And she came back one more time without them, but that was it. She decided, okay. Now, can you imagine? Well, you you can because you, you've heard stories. But here she is with two little kids. Uh, didn't have a job. She had quit her job so she could raise the kids. And she called the superintendent, and Bobby Joe Whitaker gave her a job without even going to the board for approval. And so she did start to work on that following Monday there to provide an income for our family because we had none. Um, And so in prison, the first 90 days, I was severely depressed, severely depressed. Um, And one night after that, I opened the Bible, and I was reading, and Jeremiah 29, 11 it just leaped off the pages to me. That really changed my focus, my, my depression, all that. And I put my name in there. I know it was God speaking to Israel. It was meant for Israel, but it was meant for me that day. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, with plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. That's his promise, but there's something we do. And then you will come and call upon me, and I will listen to you. And when you seek me with all of your heart, I will be found by you, and I'll deliver you from captivity. And I thought, somehow, somehow God was going to deliver me through this captivity for good and for a hope. And for two words I thought I would never hear again, hope and a future. That meant a whole lot. That changed my whole disposition while I was in prison. I was able to live one day at a time there in a way where I grew into something I never had before, Bill, and that was a personal relationship. I was a churchgoer. Uh, I was involved, but I didn't have a personal relationship with Jesus. And that started there. Uh, not a belief, but it started that personal, loving relationship with Jesus Christ. And it was wonderful. I couldn't get enough reading then. I, I journaled. 
uh, I prayed all the time. Yeah, even with my eyes open, mm -hmm. uh, it was a it's just, it was wonderful there being in that situation and being able to get through it because of what I discovered was the personal relationship was the difference, and his promises are so true, so true. He's always been faithful, and um, for that I, I'm eternally grateful. And so um, the two years in prison. Uh, I got out of prison. There's other stories I can tell you about what went on in prison, but uh, I'll spare you that. That's uh, I don't think I'll share those stories with you. Sure. We'll, we'll share whatever God lays on your heart. But I go back to the night that you were thinking about ending it when you had no hope. Um, but you heard the – I think it was the first time you actually heard the small voice of God, the Holy Spirit, say, trust me. I just think this is a beautiful picture of God opening up heaven for you in the midst of the, of the trial, the, the handcuffs, the, the time in jail, to trust me. And when you open up Jeremiah 11, 29, 11, it's, it's God knows the plans for wit. He always knew that he had a plan. You're always on his mind, you're always in his plans, and you're always in his hands. And you know that one. And... Uh, and I just think that if someone's listening, we have about a half a minute on the show, uh, you may be that person that's losing hope. Mm -hmm. I want to let you know today that God has a plan for you filled with hope, filled with a future, where you can trust him and have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, just like right. Witt realized. So tune in to the Encounter Radio Show tomorrow. We'll talk more about this personal relationship with Jesus Christ. I want to thank you for tuning in to the Encounter Radio Show with Bill Reeser.